following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Update. I'm your host, Tony Harper, and I have with me my friend Dave Clark. Hi, everybody. He's back again. All right. So, to begin with, we're going to start off with some news. My phone has finally decided to tell me about all the news that's out there. So, I actually ended up with almost two pages worth of news. Wow. All right. So, I have a lot of news to go through first. Uh, One of the things I want to mention is Chris Lloyd is now going to star in The Mandalorian Season 3. Christopher Lloyd, like Chris, Christopher Lloyd, yeah, from like Doc back Brown, to, Doc Brown for Back to the Future. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to assume he's not going to be playing a Jedi who will be bouncing around with a lightsaber. Who knows yet? I don't know what his what his role is. They were kind of a little light and detailed. They were just mentioning that he was going to be in it. Halo Two is confirmed. Excellent. Halo season Two is confirmed. They haven't even started season one no, yet. Hasn't so, hasn't released yet. Yeah, but when you think about things like um, Cowboy Bebop. They canceled season two after season one hit the, the airline air waves. Airways, yeah, whatever. You know what I meant. All right. Uh, Halo Infinite may end up getting a Warzone mode for season two. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I've been burned by Fortnite. <clears throat> There's just so many multicolored dancing tea bags a man can handle. <laughs> um, Avatar. Two will be out in theaters on December sixteenth, two thousand and twenty-two. I will hold my breath. Really? No. No. You're not excited about? I like. No, I am super excited. I loved the. So this thing was shot underwater, but some of the CGI for being underwater, they were having difficulty doing the proper capture when they were trying to shoot this on land. So they had to do some modifications, things. That's what took so long to get Avatar 2 actually done. No, they need to toss them in a water tank, just like they did for Titanic, and almost kill all the entire crew. They did that I for... Want realism. Titanic. <laughs> they also did that for, what's that um, sci-fi one with the, the water thing, spout thing that comes out? Oh, The Abyss. The Abyss. They Which did was that for the fantastic. That was, that was a great one. Uh, also, that runs into, this, into Sphere. Yes, right. Uh, That's going to be a little bit later on in our topic today. All right, foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, please find a man. Uh, a man. Whoa, now. <laughs> find a man, Tony. I didn't know you liked me like that. Who was a Mad Max fan who updated his car for uh, like a blow blower sticking out of the hood and some other features because they didn't consider it to be safe for the road. Just thought it was an interesting little tidbit that if you're going to modify your own vehicles and all that kind of stuff, make sure that you get the okay from the police department to have it on the road before you're driving around on the road. Oh, hell no. Ask forgiveness. <laughs> Don't ever ask permission. Uh, there should be a new sci-fi series coming out on HBO Max, The Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, excellent book. So, um, I didn't watch the book. The movie wasn't all that great. This is supposed to be better than the movie. Well, that yeah. shouldn't be a hard... Uh... Shouldn't be a hard level to surpass. So that's why I didn't even get into the book on that one. Like I watched the movie first, which is 
never a good idea. <clears throat> Most of the time, it's never a good idea. Most of the time. The Shining. All right, all right. Love the book. The, the ending in the book is better than the ending in the movie, but the visualization in the movie is so good. Go Kubrick. <laughs> uh, Bad Batch Season 2 is in the works. Um, there's supposed to be a bit of time gap between the first and second season, so it won't be right at the end of the first season from the Bad Batch. I can deal with that. Right. I mean, it's uh, not like they asked me. I didn't get a choice here. And they didn't actually come out with a release date. But if we think back to season one, it was released on May 4th, 2021. I'm projecting they're going to drop it around the same time. May All right. 4th, so we're going to start a pool on that. We'll have a countdown timer for Tony being right on, on a movie, well, a TV show dropping on TV on show, time. animated TV show. And it's not British. So good luck. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hey, All right. No, the, 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 my wife is a BBC fanatic. And she will set her watch by when a show is dropping. <laughs> they're they're usually pretty dead on. Nice. Uh, there's going to be a new French sci-fi series on Disney Plus called Parallels. Okay, I've never watched a French sci-fi. I don't think uh, all six episodes are supposed to jar- drop on March 23rd, so it's this week. Um, the synopsis of the show was they were all basically at a birthday party and something unexplainable happens and they basically all get into parallel universes so no tentacles not yet <laughs> it is a and my kids film. will get that joke <laughs> and it is a french film so you so don't it's know cigarette tentacles <laughs> uh let's see oh uh, some sad news <sighs> sorry i i mutilate names so i'm trying not to mutilate this name Takarada Akira passed away at 87. He was one of the first uh, main actors for Godzilla. Really? Yes. Uh, he, uh, Man, he had to be old. 87. Phew. So, Fear the Walking Dead, season seven, part two, is supposed to come out uh, two days ago. Is this the last Three season? Three days ago on AMC. I believe it's the last season, but I'm not 100% sure. This is... I'm not sure if they were dropping another season after this. This is Fear the Walking Dead. It's yeah, not yeah. The Walking Dead. But I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I'm a, I'm they didn't really go into. Fan. They I, didn't really go into that in the article. And my wife absolutely loves The Walking Dead, but I can only watch so many zombies, mutilate people, and so much drama before I'm like, eh, I'm done with the drama. I've only seen the first two seasons of Fear the Walking Dead. I'm a horrible person. I've seen only half of the first season. I'm like, all right, same SSDD and move on. Because that's the same thing with The Walking Dead. I like, I watched the first season and a half, and I'm like, all right, it's now back to SSDD. Yep. It's interesting, but I'm not that much of a drama person. Like, it, That's where it really gets into drama and people. And I hate to sound elitist, but I did like the comic book better. All right. but I, Mostly because I love that black and white art style. Uh, let's see. What else I got on here? Oh, Starfield. Uh, a game that's going to be Xbox only. It's going to be like a role-player game by uh, Besta. Open world that players can choose what they want to do. It's an RPG simulation thing. So basically, they were talking about it being like three different type of things, like a space cowboy, a corporate dude, or um, some kind of mix between those those two, where it wasn't. Like I think with the Space Cowboys, there's less poop on your boots. Yeah, so. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dave. 
Dave, Dave, Dave. I was thinking about asking you, and we'll do this Let's live on the show. No, if you want to keep doing this with me, I'm really looking for somebody that would be keep willing to keep coming. Back. Uh, we'll have to discuss later. You know how I am with work, and yeah, I know, and that's going to be interesting. So we'll see. But at least Dave will be a reoccurring guest on my show. Either way. Uh, expired, a new sci-fi movie with not-so-great reviews dropped Friday. And I didn't even hear about it. In select theaters Ooh. and on demand. Select theaters. Yeah, basically some of the reviews on it said it was an uninspired ex machina. Oh, so I mean, a little, I mean, eh. little ex machina is all right. So... Norman Reedus, uh, speaking of The Walking Dead. Um, he He's really older than I ever thought. The guy's in his 50s. He looks like he's 35, and I feel like dirt every time I watch him. I'm like, oh, look at it. Oh, oh, I'm 46. That dude's a decade older than me and looks better. He plays Daryl on The Walking Dead. He suffered a concussion, if that makes you feel any better, while on set, and then has bumped the schedule release date back because he suffered a concussion. Wimp. So. This is a hatchet, hatchet mark right here in my forehead. Uh, Just saying. And I don't even fight zombies. Last thing I got is Brandon Sanderson. I should have talked about him for the last two weeks. Uh, if you guys don't know, he started a Kickstarter campaign to raise money for a new sci-fi book series. All right, he started up first day. He had over six million dollars. By the wow. end of the week, he had nineteen million dollars. It's the last report I got was Thursday, and that was only like two weeks later. He's up to thirty million dollars. Is he self-publishing? Because self-publishing, I'm pretty sure I could his, type a book on my phone for free. <laughs> he's self-publishing his own stuff and selling it to people on Kickstarter. Wow, that is a lot of money. So this may change the entire way authors release books. It's the first time I've ever seen a pelican shiver in fear. But he does have some advantages. Penguin, sorry. Sorry, I screwed up the joke for, for Penguin Publishing. <laughs> pelican. Badly, because I didn't get it to begin with. That's why. <laughs> we just cut that one out. Strange. <laughs> no, we're leaving that stuff in. Like I said, I'm lazy. I'm probably going to pop a picture of a pelican up on this thing. Oh, yeah. Get everything ooh, ooh like a pelican and a penguin jousting would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for giving me more work to do post-editing. I appreciate that. Hey, I'm um, just here to be pretty. We'll see if I put that in there. <laughs> Like right now, gonna, he's going to draw a princess costume on me on, on, on SketchUp. It's going to be great. Yeah. I wish I had those stuff. I'm a cheap bastard. I don't have a lot of those things, so I have to make it afterwards. But we'll see what I can do. All right. So you're now giving me two challenges. Stop challenging me. Oh, no. Now you just made it worse. You challenged <laughs> me to challenge you, but now we have to talk about Sphere. Sphere. Well, all you right. You tortured so me. This week. Uh, I decided to do something that's kind of along with uh, Women's Histories Month, and I wanted to talk about strong female leads. Sharon Stone. Uh, I wanted to talk about female directors, and there are a lot more than I thought when I started researching, especially for sci-fi. Like, I knew there was a lot of good female directors out there. I just don't remember some of the sci-fi stuff, like The Matrix. I didn't realize that was directed by a female. Wasn't that the... Towski brothers that then transitioned. They say, I believe they both did, IBM, yeah. yeah, that it was directed Wachowski, by Wachowski. Wachowski. I'm sorry, IMDb. I'm sorry, I'm bad. People are going to hunt me down for getting that name wrong. I know it. Good but, possibility. Uh, so I was looking up. Well, you're looking that up. I looked up earlier this week. Uh, 
female directors, female producers and that for movies. Cause like you, I was like, well, you know, I just watched the movie and enjoyed it. I don't, you know, I don't go through all the lists of all the people that actually produced it and all that. And that's a failing on my part. I know. Uh, and realized that from like 1960 until the early two thousands, there are so many women authors that actually adopted straight up men's names to get their stuff published. Absolutely. I mean, they've always it, done the the initials like uh, WC, whatever. Uh, but uh, like, uh, there's uh, Tipton Junior, female. I had no right? idea. Yeah, and that 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 was the same thing for me. Like, I just didn't realize how often that it happened. It's a shame that society has made them do that in order to get their stuff published. It's been happening throughout history. See, that's for what, a long time. That's why the world needs more dumb people like me who don't pay attention to that. <laughs> You, you, I'm sorry. You could have the most female name in the world, and I'm still reading your stuff. I don't care if one I way like or the it, other. Yeah, it doesn't as long matter as I like to me it. at all. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like I'm. Uh, what am I? What am I reading right now? Uh, hold on a sec. Uh, Office of Mercy uh, came out like 2013 ish. Right. Uh, oh, I should. She's got a very difficult to pronounce. Uh, Ariel DeJanikin is the is the writer. And it's a so far. I mean, I'm only about halfway through the book at this point. But uh, fantastic! It's a utopian slash dystopian novel. So uh, the well, who we're assuming is going to end up being the bad guys, live in a dome, and then you know you've got tribes that live outside the dome after after a uh, what do they call it the the storm? I believe they call it right. is the big world ending world ending problem. And uh, the Office of Mercy is actually a office that goes out into the wilderness and eradicates these these primitive tribes because they don't want them to, you know, well, take their resources, basically. It's crazy. And you're like, wow. So all these people, there's no, like everyone's bred in, in pods and things like that. They're, and they try to get rid of all the human emotion of, you know, like hunger and all that. Like, hey, don't steal my bread. Everyone has bread. You don't need to steal my bread. The uh, but it's the beginning of it's just a little rough. Uh, the first the first chapter or two is you know it's always that uh, you got to lead you into who the characters are. You got spoon feed me like a baby chick. But after you get past that, the writing's fast paced. It's really well done, and you get an interesting insight into what we could be, but we never end up. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's my that's my female author author for today. Just that was an accidental one. That wasn't even a. Well, I mean, you were going to do that, so I was looking because I'm going off of Goodreads top 100 female authors and names like P. D. James, who wrote The Children of Men. I don't even know what P stands for, but she's a female author author that had to truncate her first name to get published. There's a lot of them that did that. Um, G. S. Jensen is another one I see on my list here. I'm uh, just trying to go through, and there was several more that I know that I saw that was just the same thing. Oh, C.J. Chera? Chira? I can't say that name. Oh, yeah, you're going to hand it to me. I didn't even get my glasses on. Uh, where are we at? Oh, Octavia Butler. Yeah. She's oh, real. Xenogenesis. That's a, great, that's a great series. Yeah. Now I'm just looking at his phone. <laughs> Thanks. I was trying to say it's C H E R R Y H. Shira. 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 So what she did is her name is actually Cheryl, and she took the L off and added an H. Oh, nice. <laughs> there we go. And not 100% sure on the pronunciation there, folks. <laughs> Public school. 
Yeah, I'm the same way. All right, so you owe you me did for some... you owe me for Sphere. All right, what you do you that. not like Sphere? I liked okay. Sphere. Liked the book. The book was really the good. The book was really good. The movie was not so. Much. Uh, but Dustin Hoffman, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Sharon Stone, and oh, can't think of his name. Can't think of his name. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that was some of the worst acting I've seen in a movie in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it. I was like, oh, I should I should watch the movie. I, I know there's a movie. I brought it up and like, he's like, I'm going to watch the movie. Is it 93, I think it is? It 93, out, 98? Yeah, around that time. Right around that time. Uh, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> it would have been all right if it had just been schlock. You know, it was done on a $2 million budget. And <laughs> No, it was a well, high spent, budget movie. Yeah, and I it, don't even think they made their money back on that. I, one. I don't I think really Dustin Hoffman even showed up for the movie. He's like, you know, uh, I'm going to call this in, and you guys can just like put like a rubber mask on somebody. It was <laughs> terrible. Uh, Sharon Stone did all right, and I she really, did all right. I really wanted really it did. to be better. I did, and I did too. Uh, it, she she didn't do bad. She was the better of the actors, but. Contrasting it from the book, I read the book the first time years ago, and uh, I paged through it again just to you know go. Oh, that's right. That's a that's a that's a memory helper. And what's interesting is I never liked the end of the book. The end of the book is sort of what they tried to do in the movie too. It yeah, was like that's what surprised it could me. Could have been all a dream type of thing. Could have been so much better. Um, all right, spoiler for the people that don't know the how it ends. Spoiler. Splash like a spoiler sign. I'm like, spoiler. Little dancing anime dolls or something. Uh, so the short version of what happens in the book is uh, a psychologist is called up to go to what he thinks is a plane crash. Uh, and it turns out that it's a spaceship uh, underwater, 1,000 feet underwater. So him and a report that he'd written a couple of years earlier – uh, said, hey, for a alien first contact, you should have a biologist, chemist, you know, that kind of stuff, and a psychologist because he's a psychologist and he, you know, it's his field. Got to feel good. You don't. Well, anyway, they they go down to this uh, ship. They discover that it's actually a spaceship, and it's got this big giant marble on it. Marble, I guess. Yeah. Is a good way to explain it. <laughs> uh, and that tracks through the book and through the movie. The uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character, who is a mathematician, uh, figures out how to enter the sphere, or sorry, sphere, uh, and fun and shenanigans ensue. Basically, it gives them the ability to do whatever they can dream, whatever they can imagine. That they don't know that, whatever. Uh, the end of the movie is instead of some great scene, uh, they all decide that since they have this ability to do whatever they imagine, they all imagine to forget that it exists. Like, hey, Tony, you remember that drinking game? Let's just pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> I know, but that, that but, uh, but the book was so good all the way through, and then you get to the end, and it's like a cop-out. It, it, 
might have been a cop out, but they did that. Like I said, on purpose. That's what I like about sci-fi stuff is it gets you thinking. So what if this was all a dream? What if this was something just made up in her head and she was just talking to the psychiatrist? And that, and that was better. another. That's the way I took it. I remembered it actually. It was that in the end she was talking to the psychiatrist, and we didn't know whether or not what yeah. the events happened were real or not. It was all they. They literally stood in a circle, held hands, and go. We all forget. <laughs> that's, oh that's yeah, it is really. That's the end of the book too. That's the end of the book. In the in the end of the movie, the the sphere they so they blow up the ship, etc. And you got to blow up the ship. It's a you know multi million dollar movie. The uh, <laughs> at the end of it, they all hold hands. They all like let's just forget, and they forget what happens. But that was done then, by terrorists, though the the blowing up in the movie. I thought, ah uh, crap, you got to work on. Yes, I do. Of course, I do. All right. Uh, pause. <laughs> I will pause this. All right, and welcome back. We'll see how Sorry, that edit, everybody. edit happens. But uh, like I said, we don't discuss work, so we got to stop uh, playing when work calls us. Either one of us. It may happen to me too. I turned off. I turned off the phone. It's okay. I'm sorry. So, I apologize, everybody. It's <clears> my fault. All right, so we got into one show and it really wasn't even directed or written by a female author. No, but it was a strong female lead. It was a strong female lead. Uh, um if you're going for female leads, uh why don't we go over some female books here? So oh, female books. Good good reads, according to good reads, the number one fe- uh, sci-fi female tale are written by a female is The Handmaiden's Tale by Margaret Atwood. Absolutely fantastic. I'm glad you read it because I did not read this. I started to watch the the show with my wife, and I'm like, no, I can't. I could have swore they did something like this on HBO. Did they not? Yeah. What's crazy is my wife is a a uh, well. I got I got marks all over me from her being a a, a, a very strong woman. Just I walk in the house, she gives me a he good says slap to me. Smart, and she beats him. <laughs> yes. I could see no, that my, happening. My wife is a very nice <laughs> but uh, she's a very strong woman. She, uh, I, I don't want to use the term feminist because a lot of people have bad connotation with the word feminist. But she, she advocates for women. She's very, she's a very strong woman. Uh, she hates Handmaiden's Tale. <laughs> she really does, yes. does she? Uh, she read the book when she was in college. Okay, uh, much smarter person than I am. Forced read or uh, yes, it, it, was, it was it was a it was a course. Oh, see that that's what makes it not fun to read. Exactly, uh, and she really just does not like the show. And I've read the book, and uh, I've watched the first two seasons or so of the show. Right. And I thought they went really well together. They weren't exact. They didn't line up 100%. Never do. It's yeah, hard you, to copy some things from the book, and it's hard to And I really don't want that replicate. because then I know everything's going to happen. Right. Well, no, I get that. A little surprised. Uh, but she didn't like it. And when I ask her why, she goes, well, it's just not true to the book. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it doesn't need to be true to the book. Oh, that's every <laughs> uh, critic's thing. Like, it's got to line up with the book 100%. And... It's impossible to do in some cases. In some cases, they can't do the special effects properly. In some cases, it just doesn't make sense to do where they're at. Um, There's a lot of those, those things. Uh, it, like again, we'll go back to The Shining. Uh, there are scenes in The Shining, the book, versus scenes in The Shining, the movie, uh, that would be super diff- difficult to replicate. But even more, it breaks up the visualization that's going on right. is really hard to say, and Timmy thought about, and then somehow show that Timmy's thinking about that. Yeah, exactly. It's really hard to do that visually. And I, I know the kid's name was Danny in the book, in the movie. He was just giving an example. 
All right. The Hunger Games is number two. Again, I Susan I, Collins. Uh, I, I am a fan of the Hunger Games. I am a fan of both the books, but not as much of the books as the movies. I like the movies far better. There was far more detail in the movies than there was, at least in the first book. I kind of remember the second and third book being a little bit more detailed, a little bit better. But I remember the first book being only like 300 pages. Let's uh, see. I think that's another one where it's another one of the when it's more of an action type thing. Visual is a better medium than than yeah. than visual here. Right. So I enjoyed the Hunger Games a lot. Even when I read it, I thought it was it was fairly well done. I just thought it was a little light in detail. Um, I mean, when you compare it to some male authors like Stephen King or other people that go into almost too much detail in certain things, and I, that's what I love about Stephen King is the detail. He wrote uh, Dance Macabre is a uh, book that he wrote that's not a book book. It is more of a uh, letter to his students and things like that, how how horror should be written and all that kind of interesting stuff. And uh, he said uh, there's a passage in there where he talked about I can change the temperature of the room just by explaining how someone's finger flips on a light switch by adding detail. You walk in, you flip on the light switch, the light turns on. Who cares? You walk in, it's dark. You feel a draft coming through the door. You can't see the light switch, but you feel for the light switch. It changes the entire intensity of it. That got little goosey bumps. Yeah. <laughs> Just thinking about it. Uh, I think I think it may have been more terrifying because I was actually in a waiting room getting a root canal that day. <laughs> so may have changed it completely. But my wife, again, uh, uh, a learned woman, can't stand Stephen King because he describes too I got to click on this next one. This next one says number three, Frankenstein. Was that written by a woman initially? Mary Shelley. Oh, I am sorry. I did not realize that. Yeah. It's not one of those things where you're forced to read it in school, so you don't read it at all. Uh, I actually was never forced to read that book, but I did read it. And uh, I enjoy the early versions of Frankenstein, the movies, because, again, there were, you know, B movies and, you know, big bolts on the neck. 30s? Early or were you 30, talking? Earlies, yes. The like er, those, the really yeah, I love the early ones, yeah. Early 30s movies. Yeah, but I didn't like Nosferatu, but that's a different story. The uh, What's interesting is I, I didn't actually read the book until I was probably 30. And I didn't realize that, you know, Frankenstein's monster was a feeling person who uh, had morals and everything, not just a uh, – totally changed, changed the concept for me. It totally would, and if I skipped over the cliff notes and actually paid attention and did not forget the entire experience of me being forced to read it. <laughs> it's a relatively Absolutely. short book. If you get the chance, I would read it. It's very good. The uh, It's a it's more of a epic journey through how the human condition is, which, I mean, really, that's kind of what sci-fi is all the way anyway. Right. Uh, and it's really I mean, she did such a good job, especially for someone being so far out of our time. I mean, let's face it, 19, 1930 is a huge difference in time for us. I mean, the human, humans have only been, you know, cognizant of themselves for 100,000 years. And our real history has only been in the last, you know, five, 6,000. But with our literature, it's even way shorter than that. I mean, we've always had, you know, the oral traditions of you know, right. storytelling. But where we can just go back and go, hey, what did that one obscure person write way, way back then? It, 
the language is different. The the cultural references are different. Those I always found very interesting when we do go back and do things like in time. Like, for instance, um, A Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. One of the best. Beautiful satire, but it's more beautiful if you think about it in relation to the time. So I read it six months after that book came out. Really? Yeah. Wow. That was a while ago. <laughs> My mom had it. And I, she was laughing at it. And I'm like, what are you laughing at? Because my mom's a big sci-fi reader, too. That's how I got into all this stuff. Uh, and a very strong female role model for me was uh, she was a single parent. So she she was spending her time reading that. And I, I got highly interested. So I read it. And just the way the satire matches up with the time and certain things that were going on. Because that came out in the late 80s, early 90s, if I remember. Uh, Mid-80s. Mid-80s. Yeah. Uh, probably like 86 neighborhood. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm looking, I'm not looking, I'm not looking. I'd rather just be wrong. I'm trying not to look. Um, but I, yeah, I read it like it might've been a year after that. I, I remember being like 11 or 12 and I thought the, the book was hilarious. Oh, yeah, Douglas Adams 12, is amazing. You know, if we find out later, Douglas Adams is actually a woman, even better for the show. Even better for the show, <laughs> but it's not going to happen. All right. So we're going to skip over that. A Wrinkle in Time is the next one. A good young adult. But, uh, Never read it. Did they not come out and put this on Amazon, though? Uh, they did with Oprah, and I watched a couple of minutes, and I was like, I think I'm not going to ruin a memory. <laughs> really? That <laughs> yeah, was pretty terrible. Interesting, because I was thinking about watching this on Amazon, because I'm... If you haven't read the book, go ahead and watch the show. I haven't read the book yet. Uh, I, so. Watch the show, tell me how it is, and maybe I'll go back to it. Uh I didn't. I'm not. I'm not an Oprah fan. Uh, right. So I mean, she's a big, vibrant personality, and that's great for TV shows like that. But not great for. I mean, she's basically Glinda, the Good Witch of the, the Good Witch. I mean, that's really that's really what's what it boils down to. Uh, and she's over personality for it, right? Which kind of just ruins it because it overshadows everybody else, and that's not really where that where that book is supposed to be. It's all about the the little girl whose name escapes me at the moment. And because they had to pay so much to get Oprah and all that, you know, it was, it just kind of, she overshadowed and kind of ruined it for me. All right. Well, the next book is Left Hand of Darkness. I have not read this one either by Ursula K. Le Guin. Le Guin? Uh, no idea how to pronounce that. We, we discussed this one just before. Hanish number four. Yeah, we discussed it a little bit before in your, yeah, the, uh, I read it. It, it. It's it's one of those seminal books that uh, is a classic but not necessarily because of the content. Uh, in the, the 70s when it was written, it was absolutely in front of the times. It was super fantastic because it is all about individual equality, not, hey, I'm a male. I make more money than you do because you're female. Uh, it's about a planet that is asexual. But, well, not asexual. Uh, it's binary. Uh, they're both men and women at the same time. Uh, and a representative from uh, a far-flung galaxy cooperative comes over and is like, hey, you want to join our, our world? And it's written from his perspective. And it's interesting to see how in the 70s, with all the biases that we had then and have now, uh, the how that guy has to deal with the fact that everyone is equal. And that just isn't the way it's been in, in human history. And, and I don't really see that going forward with human history right now. We're not at a point where we can fully treat everyone 
equally because our experiences are still so different from one another. That I, I agree with that statement, but I want to back on that a little bit. My kid is so, and his friends are so much more aware and conscious of each other than I ever was as a kid. Oh my God, I was a horrible kid. <laughs> but uh, like, it's it's um, it makes me feel good to see how well they actually treat each other nowadays. And you hear all these horror stories about you know this kid got teased, this kid gets bullied, and that that's always going to happen because there's always going to be the, the differences in backgrounds, like I was talking about. Yeah. It's it's going to happen some, but I think as we get more into this shared experience where we grew up with a roof over our head, properly fed, and all that kind of stuff, I'm well fed will now. Prove we're both a little too well fed. <laughs> Um, at least for TV on the YouTube channel. I'm sorry. Um, but I think, like I said, as we meld together a little bit more, I think that will make it easier. And as long as we keep working towards it as a society, we'll get closer to that. But again, once we go multi-planetary or multi-something else, like I still project to happen eventually here, um, that's going to those divergences are going to start creeping back in again. And I, oh God, I really think again. you're right. I really do think you're right there. The uh, I find it interesting that the more that people do things like uh, TikTok and video games online and everything like that, even though there is that horrible problem with you know the tea bag, uh, it's crazy how people who would never have gotten together before, you know, I play I play late at night, so I'm usually playing with Australians people from India, things like that. And we get to share our culture. I mean, we're not even in, intentionally sharing our culture, but we are sharing our culture. And I think that brings the world together more, but I think you're totally right. Once we start blasting off to Mars, are we then going to have Mars people and Earth people? And is that going to be a conflict? And I, because of human nature, I totally think you're right, Tony. I think that's what's going to end up Unfortunately, I, I do right now, unless we somehow evolve like we go to another step in the evolution where we're not quite hu human as we know humans to be today i agree i agree so which that kind of brings us to our next book which is divergent i'm going to go through the top 10 books and then we'll oh you get go up for some movies by veronica roth and i and i like divergent a lot uh the movie was pretty good as well uh, again, dystopian Chicago divided by factions and all that kind of stuff and then there was so the, chicago yeah. <laughs> The main character is divergent from that. So mostly, I enjoyed that. Mostly Chicago is divided by pizza lines. Well. People who believe in deep dish and people who do not believe in deep dish. I'm, I'm for both. Well, I, I think it's crazy. I've been to Chicago a couple of times. And of the people I know who live in Chicago, they hate deep dish pizza. They're like, it's just a tourist thing. We hate deep dish pizza. <laughs> That's like New York pizza in Buffalo here. I like it just a nice medium crust, not that paper thin cracker in New York City, and not that might as well just be a loaf of bread with sauce on top of it in Chicago. I like a nice medium thick crust. Right. The next one I got is The Giver, which also I thought uh, by Lois Lowry. Okay, that one I don't know. This was a really good book. They do actually have a movie out for it, too. Um, and the movie went fairly close to the book as well. It's basically. A made-up society type of thing where everybody's treated equally, like what they tried to get, Gasp. except for um, the old guy that knew the history of where they came from. And 
it's his turn to basically pass that history on to somebody else. So he's giving that history to somebody else type of thing. Now, would you lie if you were that guy and you're the only one who knows the history of the horribleness of where we came from? Yes, knowing your history prevents you from repeating it. But do you as a person lie and go, yep, we've always been awesome. We're always going to stay awesome. Let's be awesome. <sighs> that's Ooh, out, of left, out of left choice. field. Where'd and, that one come from? <laughs> and, and that is, that's what the book is about. It's like, what would you kind of do in those situations? How would you treat the, the the next person, would you tell them that this is what's coming up? I'd lie. So <laughs> I I know you would you would lie, but I would. I tell we're all descended from repeat we're, history. We're all de, we're all descended from awesome people, and uh, if you want to stay awesome, you got to stay awesome. <laughs> um, the next one is Catching Fire, which we kind of have already covered a little bit. Uh, Kindred by Octavia Butler. I'm not sure if I read this book. It sounds Kindred. Uh. I don't think I've read it. So it's a combination of slave memoir, fantasy, and historical fiction, and a novel rich in literary com- complexity. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not usually into either. the literally complex. Oh, it usually no. confuses me. I, yeah, literary complexity is, is is. And I don't like too much of that historical fiction thing where we rewrite history. I do in some instances, I think it's kind of interesting to look back, particularly if we take that and then project it in the future if we rewrote history. If you were going to do a uh, historical fiction novel like that, uh, Master and Commander. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's such a good book series. I am a uh, historical naval nerd, so I'm totally biased about that. (laughs) 100%. But so well written, and I would absolutely suggest the movie with Russell Crowe, Master and Commander. It's actually uh, the movie is actually like the third book in, right? Uh, but it's fantastic. Uh, I uh, did a little background on me. I did I did a lot of sailing. I taught sailing as a kid, not because I came from a rich family, just because I needed money, and the job was available. The uh, he also lives on an island. It's not my island. Well. <sighs> Braveheart joke there. Okay. So the, uh, but the scenes, I, I, I got, I, I lucked out and I managed to sail a couple of, uh, uh, large tall ships, right. uh, three mast kind of, kind of beauties. And, uh, the, the authenticity is so spot on in the, you mean in that it's movie. not like Sea of Thieves and trying to yeah. solo hand a three mast ship? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Although a fun game ish, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, it's our right. Have you ever did the team battle type thing where yes. your, your ships? Against? I like that portion of it, and you do have to, to properly tack and properly get on the right course to set yourself up for jive. Would be the other run. way. Yeah. Tack would be tack well, would be with the wind. Jive would be into the wind. Thank you. Yeah, Sterling teaching. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, what? Sadly, the part I like best about that sitting on the foredeck playing with the stupid musical instruments. <laughs> I get that. And the dispose is the last one in the top ten by Ursula. It's also in the Hanish cycle. Hanish cycle. Um, I'm not going to go into that. I didn't really read that one. I didn't so. read that one either, unfortunately. IBM ID IMDb. That's the one I'm trying to say here. Top ten. I'm in the wrong spot because I clicked on the matrix here. Top 10 
Wachowski. Wachowski. There we go. Yep. There we go. Oh, finally came to me. But yeah, they were the Wachowski brothers, and then they both transitioned, and now they're the Wachowski sisters. Is that why it's Leanna and Lily now listed in it? Hey. I don't don't count that. Uh, I'm staying out of that because that's what screwed up J.K. Rowling. I'm staying out of that. (laughs) I do, and I don't count that. Like, I. I get how their feelings are there, but there's they're totally valid. There's science stuff behind it too. Like I, I'm totally with their feelings, but eh, and that's probably gonna get me kicked off the air. We'll see. Yeah, you'll be fine. All right, I, I'm just staying. I'm out not of gonna. It. I'm not gonna touch. Sorry, it I am a. I, I, I'm way. a scared child. I'm staying out of that one. Uh, so the first one on here is Eugene. It's got to be somewhere from him. In, in June. Supposed to and genuine or something ingenuine ingenuine in, in, okay ingenue ingenue there you go I don't know that one I don't know either it looks a like a married couple French. finds a human analog in their basement the analog appears to be the woman of the age of twenty oh yeah what a shock <laughs> but in reality she's a clone with the intelligence of a toddler oh god uh, yeah, I don't I not, know. not sure I don't about that one touch that one either vanishing waves is the next one. I feel bad. I don't know that one either. Stranded. Stranded. I know that one. All right. It's from 2001. I had not watched this. Oh, wait. Maybe I have. First Mars mission crash and kills the captain and five people survive. Take two years for them to survive. It's kind of like the Martian all over again. Yeah. I like uh, the Martian far better. I, I I really like the Martian. That was that was, that was was a good one. I will never look at a potato the same again. I think I looked... But... <laughs> I think I did watch parts of this. I don't think I watched the whole movie. I just couldn't follow that one. Couldn't stay with it. It wasn't bad. Uh, it wasn't the world's greatest movie. Uh, and again, I'd rather watch The Martian. Uh, the difference between The Martian and Stranded is more of the ensemble. You got just the one, just the one lead, and you get that feeling in The Martian of aloneness. And how would you react to being the only person there? Where in Stranded, yeah. you've got people with you. I mean, there's those inner inner party conflicts and things like that that make it more difficult. But at least you have someone to turn to and go, "This sucks, man." And they can look back at you and go, "Bro, you're right. This sucks." Sorry, I was trying to figure out because Deep Impact was number seven on this list, and I have really, and I was trying to figure out who the actual director was. Mimi Leader. Deep Impact. Deep Impact. I mean, it wasn't bad, but I don't know if I'd put it up on my top ten list. Well, that's the, what they got. In, <laughs> I don't know how they did their their top ten list. And I skipped over four, five, and six when I when I saw Deep Impact. So sorry. Avantageous is number four. Did not see films. it. I did not see it. Strange Days from nineteen ninety five. It's tickling something in the back of my mind. Former cop termed street hustler accidentally. Uncovers a conspiracy in LA in 1999. Nope, not 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 ringing a bell. Uh, Angela Bassett and Ralph Fiennes. Nope. All right. Not really ringing a whole lot of bells for me either. Altered perception. I. Th- oh, if we're going to use the word altered, you got to mention altered carbon. Listen, I understand, but we're trying to. I know. With- I know. Hey, I'm feeling dead air while you're while you're searching on your phone. I know <laughs> a drug that alters perceptions during causes during trauma and stress is being advertised as a cure for social political tensions. 
So they're drugging up the entire country. Look, I, I, I know, Chairman Mao, that you have these ideas about what you should do, but have you tried Xanax? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Half-Life from 2008. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't, need, I don't know. We Global. need to really discuss that one. <laughs> you didn't like that one at all. <laughs> I, I don't recall seeing it. Hunting the Phantom? No. No, no, I don't think uh, I've seen that. Policeman whose career is on the rise is forced to break law and order to save his fiance Kira, and uncovers a global conspiracy along the way. Nancy Kira was one of my least favorite uh, characters in Deep Space Nine, so I'm good. And oh, yeah, last sorry, one folks. here. I'm not a Deep Space Nine fan. It's Sticky Fingers of Time from 1997. I haven't heard of this one either. Okay, these nope. are the top ones on I. MDB. Okay, I'm going to have to watch some of these this week coming up and see how they are because I got to watch a movie called Sticky Fingers in Time. Uh, that, so that makes me writers time hired bandits. to cover an article on the first hydrogen bomb test. Well, there, radiation mutates her code slash soul. Ooh. Giving her the ability DNA. to travel through time by force of will. Okay. That sounds interesting. I'm I mean, have to... that, that's got that B-movie sound that I like. It's definitely got a B movie cover. I mean, I am a huge mystery science. I mean, I'll pop some of these things on there, but it's got a B movie cover. (laughs) It's definitely got a B movie cover. (laughs) I'm a mystery science theater fan, so yeah, I'd love B movies. For some reason, we only ended up with 45 minutes so far on here. Chris, were we recorded longer to begin with? I don't know. I I was thinking 15 minutes. I got a terrible sense of time. No, he said 20 originally, so maybe maybe it was 20:38, and I just looked at the second. Number or maybe you have sticky fingers in time. Now, and right, you are traveling through time, time right? by the force of will and recoded DNA. Well, so let's go for some of the ones I have seen on here. Uh, number 14, Cloud Atlas. I have seen this one. This one wasn't too bad. I'm um, not familiar with that one. It's basically how an action of individual impacts other people in the past type of thing and then how it comes up to the present and future and that kind of stuff. And it's just... Um, Cloud Atlas is about kind of inspiring the future to make changes, uh, at least from the book that I kind of remember. And I thought I remember seeing this movie, but now I'm actually reading the plot summary. I might not have. Because <laughs> uh, it basically starts with a slave in the Pacific Ocean in 1849 and then moves to letters in the 1930s and a reporter investigating a nuclear power plant in the 70s and then something happened in 2012 and then it ends in Korea in 2044. Okay. So. And I don't know that one, but I like the concept. Uh, kind of like World War Z, the book, not the movie. We yeah. will not discuss that. The uh, How it's all done in uh, like letters and, and different uh, like clippings from uh, newspapers and quick shots from TV shows. How, how it skips through time like that. Oh, that that was a great that was a great concept. I wish they'd traveled and done that in the movie. The movie itself would have been fantastic if they just named it something else. End of Days Incorporated. I am not familiar with that one. It's something that I saw and I was going to watch and I never actually did. Jupiter Jupiter Ascending. Did see this one? Eh, it wasn't bad. Mm-mm. You don't like this one at all. Mm-mm. I I thought it was interesting ish. It's it's got a lot of bad acting and it's oh yes of... it does yes it does Tony you are right. 
it had a lot of bad acting and kind of light on the plot. But I it was feel interesting judgy. enough <laughs> that I just I finished it. Like I, it's not something I want to come back and watch again. But I was like, eh. And I think it was again where I kind of read the book and I thought the book was better and it was kind of. I feel so judgy over some of these. Uh, I love B movies and I love bad acting, but there's a difference between bad, bad acting, acting and just oh my god, what are you doing? Uh, seeking a friend for the end of the world. I did see is that this a British one. one? It is That's not a British one. It is a comedy. It's got um, what's his name in it? Hold on, I'll tell you who it is. Steve Carell in it. Okay, I remember the movie coming Nightly out, but I did not see it. I know what you're talking Penny. about. I actually watched it. It was it. It was enjoyable enough. Basically, an asteroid's crashing on Earth, and they know it's going to happen. And yeah, there's a British TV show that's uh, probably the basis for that movie. Uh, uh, the name of it escapes me right now. Uh, it may actually be End of the World. Uh, the but it's the same concept: the asteroid's coming. Yeah, the whole world's going to get crushed in like three weeks or something like that. And it's got some political drama, but it's you know funny political drama. It's more. You know. Here's another one I saw that I thought was kind of hilarious, but probably would not watch again. Tank Girl. Oh, I love Tank Girl. Okay, <laughs> that's my movie right there. I've watched it sort of a couple of times, but I don't go out of my way to watch it. Like it love pops up on TV. It's so much TV better to watch it. the uncut version, not it the is. scrubbed for TV version. It is. Uh, if you ever get a chance, read the comic books. The comic books. Did not read the comic books. That's it, maybe why I don't enjoy don't, it. Don't get me wrong. Like, this, this is one of the it, ones. This is one of the ones where the movie is as good or better than the book, than, than the source material. Uh, the difference with the comic book is there's these little, these little individual panels that are pop-outs that are just so good. Like, there's, uh, I, I think it's actually, uh, in the opening of the movie, they put a little montage of uh, panels from the comic book in it. And there's so many great little just just little one offs. You gotta watch it. Sorry, they Wrinkle mentioned Wrinkle in Time, and then and I, I popped it up and saw Oprah smiling at me. I'm like, oh, we had already discussed this earlier. If I were um, if I were a little girl, by a woman for that one, and I'm sorry, it's on Disney, not Amazon. That's where I. Saw oh it. yeah, it's on Disney Plus. If I were a little girl, uh, that would be a very empowering movie for me. I believe uh, I am not a little girl. I can't say that with complete confidence, but again, I mean, I get where they're going and I get with Oprah being a big character like that, where it gives you a good role model kind of thing. Right. But I just think it wasn't supposed to be about Oprah. It was supposed to be about your main character, the girl. And I wish I could remember it. The uh, We all need those big influences in our lives to help us decide where we're going ourselves but at some point in time those big influences have to take that step back and let them be themselves and then i went all the way through 68 like then only you mention 100 of them and of being directed by women so i don't even recognize any of the rest of the names on that well list I, i'd be curious to see uh, how many of those like like the books are you know women with initialisms well initials not initialisms in their name uh to get directed. And then I did tell you about something, and I forgot all about this, but number 19 on the list where we go back to books here is Dragonflight, Riders of Pern. Oh, okay. And McCaffrey. And McCaffrey, this is one yeah, of my the, brain uh, shut off there. First sci-fi books that I read, because, again, my mom was into sci-fi and was a female author, and I thoroughly enjoyed um, traveling through on Pern on Dragonback. 
and a lot of that stuff. Uh, when I was a kid, that was one of my favorites uh, because I could mentally picture flying on a dragon. Uh, apparently, I drank a lot as a kid. I don't know. Uh, flaming, flaming thread as it comes down from, from right, and you're catching it in the dragon's mouth, right? Uh, they, they were, they were, they were, they were firing, burning, burning the thread as it fell. That what was the name of that planet, Pern. Was no, the no, name Pern, of... Pern was the name of the planet they were on, but uh, oh, there was uh, that... Magatha or something like that. Yeah, it was... I can't remember. It's I been, it began with an M. I was probably like 12 when I read that book, maybe. Uh, oh, well, the first one, then see, uh, <laughs> what's funny is. Uh, my siblings and I don't really, yeah, we're not really close. And Mike's I, moved back. You sounded oh. so much deeper because you got it underneath your throat. That's because I've got a deeper radio voice. Oh, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> the, uh, uh, I got, I think it's when I got out of the Marines, out, out of boot camp, my sister actually gave me uh, one of the Dragon Riders of Pern book. And I'm like, you know, I'm 22, right? <laughs> <laughs> like that's how that's how not close we are. The last time she got me a present, I was like fourteen or twelve or something like that, and it was a book from Pern. So she just—I mean, the the thought was there. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Like, yeah, I just got out of—I just got out of the the school of learning to murder people. Uh, thanks for the young adult novel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that—that's a great—that's a great series. I mean. Did you ever read The Crystal Singer, also by Anne McCaffrey? I did not. See, I believe I read this. Let me just click on it. I read a lot of I read a lot of Anne McCaffrey. Uh, like, uh, well, she had a lot of books in Pern. Like, oh yeah, a lot of them. Uh, Twenty five, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, that, that that depends because if I am remembering correctly, her son actually wrote the last two books, or or co wrote them. Co wrote them. Co wrote them. Co wrote them. So yeah, I, I guess it's how you. I mean that's a great that's a great idea, like hey look kid why don't you hop in with me and we'll write these first couple of books because I'm going to retire here and then you can just carry Keep on the going, legacy. Right? And I don't think anything has happened with her kid in writing since then. I don't know. Uh, it's been it's been I ages. Don't know. It's been a long time since I looked at it. So basically, after ten grueling years of musical training, the Crystal Singer here, um, she was still without prospects until she heard of a mysterious guild, the Heptite Guild. Who could provide career, security, and wealth beyond imagine? Maybe I didn't read this one. It just sounds interesting. I thought I might have looked that over, but I don't remember it to save my ass. Of course, my memory is not the greatest for some reason. A lot of people can do better. How about Cinder? Did you ever read Cinder by Marissa Mayer? I did not. Oh, the Lunar Chronicles number one, Humans, Androids. Ruckus, Street of New Beijing, and a deadly plague ravages the population. As the people from the moon kind of watch what's going on, they waiting to make their move, and then a set of people getting on up there, I think they uh, decide to launch something at, at Earth. Oh, well, that's always nice of them. So, uh, are you familiar with uh, the Rods from God concept? Uh, yes. Yeah. I wonder if that's what they're dropping. Big whole chunks of cadmium on Earth. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Where am I at here? Starshine by G.S. Jensen. That was another one of those Aurora Rising. I believe I read that one. That sounds really familiar. It sounded familiar to me, but 
like I said, some of these books sound familiar, but I don't remember if I read them fully or not. I kind of see something in here. Is a, I've only got I've only got so much space in the old hard drive up there, so I got to purge quite a bit after a while. I know I know of one that was like seventies, and I haven't gotten to the seventies here. But I know Naomi something or other. Her Majesty's Dragon by Naomi Novik. Um, Tremere, number one. I did read this book. Uh, basically, it was aerial combat in the, like the Napoleon era. On the Dragons. Dragons? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I like that. And I thought that book was, was really uh, interesting. So I read through it, and I thought it was pretty good. And there was a second one, I believe, too, that I read. Uh, first book I thought was a lot better than the second one. I don't even remember what the second one was called. Part two. Possibly. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I didn't see anything else here. Oh, I did read this one. A Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. I thought this was going to be something similar to Douglas Adams. Yeah, it, sounds, it sounds like a Hitchhiker's Guide kind of thing. And it sort of was, sort of wasn't. It was all right. Like, it was... Uh, they call it in here kind of like a light-hearted space opera. It was debut, a debut book from her type of thing. So the writing was a little subpar. Uh, Everyone's going to start somewhere. I know. But it it wasn't bad. It, it just it wasn't extremely memorable either. I don't remember most of the plot. <laughs> I do remember reading it. It's though. like, a, oh, what's that? Snow, not Snowplower, Snowpusher. What was the, the, the one about the train? Snowpincer. Yes, I, I that. It was all right. Not a. I still have not watched that. Like the, uh, I understand the concept, and it just I don't know if it sounds interesting enough for me. To I watch. think the concept is better than the. It got too dramatic, and that's what I can't stand. Like, yeah. I get drama, and I get a lot of that stuff. But when I come into sci-fi, I'm looking more for those like how do we improve humankind type stories. Not that's the all right how controversial here yourself. section. I hate Voyager. Star Trek Voyager. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Strong female lead. (laughs) No, she's not. She waffles the whole show. I'm strong. I'm not. I'm strong. I'm not. I'm strong. I'm not. No, have a little confidence in yourself. Seven and I never had that trouble except for one time. The, uh, (laughs) it's just something about that show that just grates on my nerves. Uh, I love Star Trek. I am not a huge fan of season one of Discovery. See, season one started to grow on me a little bit more. But again, I I don't know if you you weren't here when I first when I was talking about it with um, Matt um, from the podcast studio here. I stopped watching after episode one when she becomes a mutineer on a Star Trek trip. Like the shit would never fucking happen. Like she would have been space. Like I don't. Oh, they're too friendly to space anybody. They would have just tossed no, her in a brick. No, no, no. Not even the way Discovery is going. It doesn't sound like they were too friendly to space well, somebody. See, that that was kind of my problem with Discovery Season 1 is it was too gritty. I don't watch Star Trek for grittiness. I watch it for hope. <laughs> I I get that. I totally get that. And I play I play Star Trek online quite a lot. And Section 31 is in it. And that's where all the bad stuff is. Right. You know, that's – and I like that they compartmentalized. English is a second language today. All the naughty stuff that oh, needs sweet. to be done for a government to work over there in the black. Thank you. In the shadows. Do your things over there. Get away. 
And then just let all the rest of us just do the discovery of planets. The, hey, what's up? Okay, lots of battles. Uh, but I like that all the intrigue and all that. It's got its own entire department. The problem is that department shows up in discovery. And that, that's not what I want. I want I want you to go, okay, yes, that, there's your green alien, Kirk. Go get her. <laughs> so you're with the, because I discussed this on my first episode, you're with the, the guy that pushed to make him non-canon completely, uh, Picard and Discovery. No, I, I, I think they're probably necessary because you got to be, you got to understand that in a world's union, there are things that have to be done like that. There is, right. I just don't want to see it. It's like I don't read some of the Star or Star Wars books because I don't want to see that. I want I I want I also don't want the Skywalker legacy anymore either. Oh. <laughs> the uh, but I want the hero. I want the so Star you Wars. You want the, the the Disney Plus feel good movies? No, 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 no. I want I want like the medium. I want I want like something between AMC Plus and Disney Plus to like smash together where we got a feel okay movie. <laughs> I, I, I like the fact that Iron Man died in the end. I, 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 <laughs> uh, I don't know. Spoiler. I'm, I'm like <laughs> super torn with that one. I, I, yeah, so I wear the, my Avengers shirt. Right the now. problem is I know where it goes. <laughs> I did not because I'm not that big of a comic book nerd. Well, it goes, uh, Tony, Tony Stark hands it off to, well, in the news iteration, Winters. Pepper Potts. Silver. Oh, and and she turns into Iron Heart, which is fine. That's great. Uh, the but mm, I'm gonna miss Tony. <laughs> I get that. I totally get that. But I, I I like I like Star Trek because it is forward thinking. It's what if we really did try to set aside our problems? They'd still be there. We'd still have them. But that was all Gene Roddenberry that pushed that. And since yeah. Gene Roddenberry passed, I mean, nothing has come out exactly like that since then. I mean, if you look at some of the other Gene Roddenberry stuff, like V. Oh, I love V. I absolutely I love the love original, that v. remake they did a couple of years I, ago. No, the remake was trash. I, I, would rather, I would rather pull my own tooth out with a pair of pliers than have to watch that again. Um, only one tooth. Let's not get crazy. And, and I only went two shows with that. And I'm like, no, I can't. This is this is ruining something that was part of my childhood that I absolutely enjoyed. Here's an interesting fact. Uh, do you remember that Robert England was in V? Uh, Freddy Krueger. I kind of do. Uh, I can't remember his character name, but he was the I alien kinda, I can goofy picture, guy. The picture him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I was sitting there the one day and I'm just I just I didn't I'm like, oh my God. until you said he was Freddy Krueger like I just didn't put the two and two together. Yeah, he, uh, before right before he got the job to play Freddy Krueger, he was playing. Uh, God, I can't think of the guy's name in in V, but he was the he was the screw up alien, right? The pre- retro screw up who ends up joining the resistance. Uh, and yeah, I'm like, I, I oh my god, remember. I totally didn't put those two together. Yeah, until you said that, like I didn't even put the two together until you said it, and I'm thinking back on it. Well, that shows you how good a job they did with the with the makeup in, in, yeah. in Nightmare on Elm Street, and how well he can switch roles and yes. change, actually act, like uh, change himself up. If we're gonna stick with Robert Englund, have you seen Zombie Strippers? I have not, but again, we're veering away from I know, topic I know, we were trying to I stay know. with. Honey, Dave. A-A-D-D Trust me, see the movie. It's Dave. hysterical. All right, so we are probably going to end the show 
for this See, week. See, I did it again. I, I, I veered him off a cliff. <laughs> because I don't have anything else that will stay on topic right now for us. So we're going to end the show this week. Um, Hold on, my book recommendation. Hope, oh, he's get, Dave has got a book recommendation. Office of Mercy. All right. He's going to send me that cover in a, in a text or a photo thing so I can add it to the uh It's uh, Ariel uh, DeJanikin. DeJanikin. Kane, K-A-I-N. Uh, I'm only, it's, I only take the recommendation a little bit here because I'm only halfway through the book. Uh, but it, uh, she's 2013. It's her first book in 2013. I uh, believe she's got two more now. Uh, the concept is a utopian dystopian dichotomy. Uh, the, we'll call it modern human for lack of a better term, is living in a dome where is the people who survived the apocalypse without having technology are now living tribally outside domes. And the main character, and you, no spoilers here, it's literally the first 10 pages you learn this, uh, works for the Office of Mercy. The Office of Mercy is a group of people that go out and cull the tribal people so they're not encroaching on the domes uh, and taking resources away. So they're literally going out there and sacrificing these people, giving the mercifully putting them down like you would a, an animal with rabies, because that's what they're taught to believe. Interesting. That's sounds very interesting. Uh, I might have to give that book a try. I like it so far. All right. So we're gonna end the show. Thanks for listening to the Sci-Fi Update. Like and share us on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, YouTube. I am on. Instagram, but I'm still figuring out how to do stuff on Instagram better. So maybe I'll get that figured out. If Dave, Dave becomes more of the show, maybe he can help me out with certain stuff on there. We'll, we'll see. All right. Dave will be probably back with us next week. I'll try. And uh, we'll see you then. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>